0: This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett.
1: Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett. Welcome back to another episode of Tennessee Talks. Today I'm joined with my very good friend Randy Massey. I'm actually looking forward to this one, folks. This is going to be a good one. Randy's the owner of Cold Creek Equine in Alcoa, Tennessee. Cold Creek equine specializes in treatments that aid recovery promotes healing increase circulation minimizes inflation and performance horses and uh, if it's something's wrong with it he can fix it and he's also it's not in my notes but he's an inventor and a businessman local and he's a philanthropist he's known all over the country in the horse world and I'm, I'm I'm partial to him because he's been very good to my little girl and so that's kind of my uh, some people have a, a a goal or a standard, that's mine. And Randy, I wanna thank you for being with us on Tennessee Talks, it's great to have you on the show. Could you tell our folks how you got into this and did you grow up with horses all your life?
0: I did. I've grown up with them and uh, when I retired from the electrical business, the millwright business and the metal manufacturing business and the metal uh, fabrication business, Um, now did you actually retire or just, um, no, I retired. I retired. I, I, um, retired. Anyways, we were having dinner one night with Clinton Anderson, who's a very, very well-known horse trainer. And we'd been to his farm that day and I saw this unusual contraption that fit in an area that was 18 by 24 and it was a mess and leaked all over the place. And I said, Clinton, what's that? And he said, it's a cold water therapy bath. And he said, after we train these performance horses, we put them in there. It's just like a pro football player. It's an ice bath and it reduces swelling and, it, and we don't have to inject them as often. And I said, that's the biggest piece of junk I've ever seen. And uh, he said, you think you can build one better? And I went, oh, no question about it. All right there's there's no, no question I can build one better. And uh, he said, I'll bet you dinner, with eight of your friends at Del Frisco's in Fort Worth that you can't. And there it started. Came home, designed the first one on a napkin at Calhoun's in yes, uh, Maribel. And, uh, you know, a year later, we're selling them all over the country.
1: Some of the best inventions done on a napkin. Nice. Ferraris were done that way. Uh, Art Laffer, a famous economist who, who um, consulted President Reagan, who's a friend of mine in the and Margaret Thatcher, the Iron Lady, he did something called the Laffer Curve, and he did it on a napkin. And it's just, a, it was just a thought, put it down right there, and, and it was golden. Well, How much time did it take you to perfect it from the napkin to the horses getting in? Because I I know you've you've gone through a couple of uh,
0: We built models. the first one in about six months and sent it over to Clinton, and Clinton tore it up. On per- I mean, yeah. you know, he needed to figure out what was wrong with it, and came back with us and said here's what needs to be fixed and we built a second generation we made some improvements on it and we put it in an area eight by eight and it doesn't leak wow and uh sent it to him and then he has other trainers come to his facility and they would say how do i buy one so he calls up and says you know we need to build some more so we that's how it started uh we cut about thirty five thousand dollars off the price of it and it doesn't leak, and it fits in an area eight by eight, and that's how we got started. And now we build them uh, and ship them. Let's see, we've, we've put them in thirteen states so far. Wow! And uh, now the new industry, the quarter horse racing industry, which we knew nothing about, yeah. is now calling saying we want to talk about it.
1: So. What, what all, you said quarter horses, what other types of horses do you see with this? The,
0: the hunter jumpers love them. Uh, right now, the biggest industry after
1: them is the barrel racers. Yeah. Which your daughter <laughs> is one of them. Yeah. And they're always getting banged up, man. i tell you, it's a, hitting those barrels and just running. It's, uh, it's pretty tough on those horses.
0: It's, it's, it's very, very tough. And, and what we're finding are the barrel racers, we just got back from the NFR, and our biggest demand is on them from the barrel racers. Right. Barrel racers are; their horses are so valuable, and as you said, can get banged up so easy. And they're yeah. finding that after they run them and practice them, they stick them in the spa, and they don't have to inject their hocks and get the swelling down.
1: Do, do they do this before or after the after the runs? Primarily? After the runs. After the runs. After the okay. Runs. So it's a, it's very similar to professional athletes.
0: It's exactly like so, professional football. Yeah, you know, they have a full contact yeah. practice, and they drop them in an ice bath, and that's what. What well, we count.
1: does it make their um, the horses last longer the performance do that you, you're seeing I know it's sort of new into the industry but is it will the longevity of a horse be increased do you think
0: we haven't been doing it really long enough to have those that data yet I will tell you that my wife has uh, one of the top reigned cow horses in the country and he will be in the uh, run for the million. And the world's greatest horseman this year at age 11, which is not really heard of. Right. And we've been spawning the last three
1: years. And, and the trainer says it's made all the difference in the world. Well, the trainer would know that's the ones that are in that horse's heart. It, um, what's the, what is the difference between, you um, know, I know that. Some places have a thing where the horses swim, sort of like a treadmill kind of thing. Just, this is totally different from that, it's correct? It's completely different. Because they're different. stationary.
0: When you do the uh, aqua float therapy, you put a horse in, you raise the water up right. and get the weight off his feet, Okay, and you start him on a treadmill, uh, and you're re- rehabilitating him. Yeah. We're the opposite. We don't want you to be rehabilitating and we wanna stop you from rehabilitating and that's, we're preventative versus that's rehabilitating a horse to get back into action and et cetera. And we're on the other side of the curve. We we don't want your horse hurt um, and that's the big difference. Also, they make a standard treadmill that the horse just gets in and walks. We're not really designed for that. We're designed for, like, your daughter, yep. who's a you know world champion barrel racer. Yep. Uh, we're completely different than just getting on a treadmill and getting exercise. After you've worn yourself out, we want to ice you down and get the inflammation and the swelling out of your joints. Okay. And uh, where it came up years ago, a vet in Montana noticed that when he went on trail rides and his horse came to a, a river or a creek, his horse would get in it and stand. Mm. And, and that would move. be cold water, obviously. Uh, very, very cold water. And that's when he realized uh, the, it was good therapy. And uh, they've done tons of study on it. And that's how we've come about
1: we really never intended for it to be a business. I understand. Well, I, that, it's not in my notes, but I, everybody knew that I'd be asking about horses. But I'm also interested in, the, in your, your cattle business. It's, uh, you, you raise a specific type. And um, and the only reason we don't have cows on my property because you know my little girl her heart is very big she would start naming those dadgum oh, cows you can't, can't name them can't. And, I, and it'd be over we we um, she called me the other day her and her mama and I was in D.C. and we were on FaceTime and that's generally something's they're going to show me a hole in the fence or a dent in the truck or something and they were in somebody else's truck and I said what's going on and she said um, I said Dad guess where we are and I thought uh oh something wrong and I said and she said no she said a lady was giving us three dadgum miniature donkeys and I, uh. thought, I thought what in the world and of course well, I came home from D.C. and Isabel had them tied up and she was washing them and scrubbing them shampooing them and these things aren't this big and you know how they are they just they just eat grass and poop and drink water, and then she was shampooing them. And my wife looked at me and said, those, those, those animals are having the best day of their life. And what did she do? Right after she cut them loose, they rolled in the mud. Right? When, and I so. thought... what a horse does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, so um, we got three more. We got three more mouths to feed along with everything else. But I want to ask you about your cattle business real quick. Um, it's a specific kind, and what is it? It's a Wagyu. Wagyu. Uh, we chose the Akushu Uh, Wagyu,
0: people will tell you a lot of things about what it means, Japanese cow. Right. No matter what you hear, Wagyu is a Japanese term meaning Japanese cow. Okay. And we raise a version called Akiushu, which is Japanese for red Japanese cow.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, Very specific.
0: Fifteen years ago, I was in Las Vegas and... had a friend of mine who ordered steak and he ordered Wagyu. I've never heard of it, seen it or anything like that. Best piece of steak I'd ever, best piece of meat I've ever eaten in my whole life. And I said, you know, when I retire, I'd like to raise this just for the family and just, you know, have three or four and raise them. And uh, everybody heard about it and said, well, what what happened is when we, we brought them here, it, We, it caught on quick and uh, we have restaurants and some of the best restaurants in Miami and et cetera after them. And, uh, so it became a business too, which I never meant for it to become a business. Uh, it's, you know, you've got to feed them a particular way and take care of them. And uh, now we ship semen and embryos to all over the country, including France.
1: Right. Uh, you know, I've, I've after you I heard that you had it I got a I started looking around and sure enough that is the most in demand and and you know, I, was, I was in Washington talked to some folks and I said you know, I got a buddy of mine HERE, they go "Wagyu?" are you know it can't be not in Tennessee not in Knoxville Tennessee area you know East Tennessee and I said as a matter of fact they do and then they checked into it and sure enough they came back and said we sure as heck know about it. And, um, and it was interesting because there are some cattle people, of course, mostly mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma, but, but they knew it when I said it. They looked at me like, you know, they, they couldn't believe that little old me knew something about that. That was interesting. But, uh, well, that's good. That's good, Randy. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. What is What drives you every day to get up and go? I mean, you've been successful. You've got family. You've got it all. But every day it seems like when I talk to you, you're – you're in Texas. You're somewhere else. You're doing business somewhere. What drives you? Is it just, you know, my dad used to say rocking chairs kill more people in this country than wars have, and I, I think he was right.
0: I don't know what drives Tim. I, first thing I do every morning is I check the obituary, and if I'm not in, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm going. Hey, it's going to be a good day. Above ground. That's above it. ground. But I don't know. I I just I was hoping when I retired I would do play with the grandkids, and and I don't know I bought buildings. We're rehabbing. Uh, we've been to downtown Maryville. Oh yeah. We're rehabbing. We've, uh, found, uh, people that have a, a dream like the lady that's opened Jay Danforth in downtown Maryville, Christy Franklin. She, she had a dream of owning her own shop and we got her own shop. And, um, we, I don't know what drives me. It's it's just something either you I think you've got it or you've got to get it. But my dad used to say, whatever you think of is what you're going to become. So right. if you think you're successful, you will become successful. If you think you're not, you won't be. Yeah. And that's... you rise to
1: that expectation. He preached that my entire life. That's a good philosophy. If you could put that shorter, we ought to put it on a tattoo somewhere. That'd be good. <clears throat> Hey, um, last thing, everybody gets to ask me a question that they want to. Is there something burning that you'd like to ask me? something burning yeah just, just people sometimes will go they I really wanted to ask you this question you know and they think they're going to get me and it's something that I've been you know I mean let me tell you everybody's afraid of Washington reporters what you need to be afraid of is a, is a kid at a third or a fourth grade class when when they let them op- open open the, uh, the floor to asking questions because they will ask you some pretty pretty deep questions so you ask me anything you want
0: do you think they'll ever simplify the tax code?
1: no and i'll tell you why because too many people are compromised in washington um and you can take that as that's for another episode but it um uh, i think it provides protection for too many bureaucrats and they can and you know i was asked the other day i was on i think i was on fox and they asked me about the swamp and i said let me correct you it's not a swamp it's an open sewer and you know, I, the uniparty is what scares me more than anything. The Democrats and the Republicans, uh, you know, the party system, they don't see. They don't see the color of your skin. All they see is the color of that money. And, um, you know, and, and, and the corruption is is just so blatant. And it's, to me, it is anyway. And you see what's going on. And, I mean, you see good people that make very bad decisions and they have to live with it for the rest of their lives. So it's, um, I, it disgusts me. Um, I like what Lamar Alexander said, you know, he put the tax code on a, on a, on an index card, you know, how much you make, this is what you pay. Amen. And then and I, I would, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of the bureaucracy and the IRS. You know, we got on the head of the IRS because they all just went home during COVID. You know what, they haven't come back. I mean, it still takes me uh, I can. It can I, mean, I don't know what it would take, just a regular citizen, but as a United States Congressman, I can uh, make a request to them. It can take me six months to get a response, six months. And uh, just the, the largest union in the country is the Federal Employees Union. And they, uh, until we figure out a way for them to uh, get back to work and hold everybody accountable, it's not going to change and that disgusts me completely but i would if you get a couple of ideas on some tax changes let's let's present them and let's see who votes against it all right i would love I, to do that
0: it's just so hard for small people who we help to start businesses cuz i i'm i'm done but i like to help these these people start i've helped them start restaurants sure and different and it's it's so convoluted that when you get them into it the first question i always get is you've got to be kidding no that's the rule and you just think you could make it here's what you make here's what you send us end of story and i don't know why you can't do that
1: Uh, just too many too many people are dependent on the federal government for a salary and that's and we've allowed that to happen you know we didn't give it to them i mean well, they didn't take it from us we gave it to them and we just allowed and that's why people get mad at me for voting against things supposedly that have good uh you know our transportation bill billions of dollars and about 12 percent of it dealt with transportation and the rest was crazy woke programs and stuff that will never but it's in somebody's district and they needed funding for it and it just that's You know, we—I think we hit 34 trillion dollars in debt. You know, we we take in we take in about five trillion a year, and we spend about seven. And that's 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 the, and we can't keep doing that. That's just bottom line. You couldn't do it as a business, and I, you know, I can't do it as a as a household. But that's what they do, and it's disgusting. We need to change it, and that's also what happens when 20 million. Uh, conservative folks decide to stay home on Election Day, so it happens. So, but anyway, well, I wanted to let, we end on a better note. Randy, thanks. Now you brought me down already. I'm sorry. Thanks That's for right. having me on. Yeah, brother. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and I, I'm I'm partial to you because of how you 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 treat my girls. So I appreciate you, and this is just a wonderful facility, and it's great being home in East Tennessee to see something like this. And um, thank you again for coming today. Um, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett. Thank y'all for. Join us for another episode of Tennessee Talks. And as always, thank y'all for sending me here.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and
1: YouTube.